Hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. This show is designed to offer hope for you and your family as you navigate through the struggles of life. We believe that this hope that comes from Jesus can lead you to live a life of victory in Him. I'm Chris Sasser, and today I get to lead us through a conversation about hope. We are glad you're here. So welcome back to A Voice of Hope, and we're glad you're joining us this morning. And we are uh, again here together, Chris and I, and going to be talking about the second part of navigating through the noise of this life. And, you know, last week we just, we wrapped it up talking about a parable in the scriptures uh, that talk about seeds and growing. And I was was thinking about recently my oldest daughter, um, she had given me a call and asked me, uh, you know, dad, how do I go about, you know, specifically planting grass? And I gave her the instructions of just, you know, what she needed to do and um, digging up the soil, throwing down the uh, fertilizer, throwing down the seed, putting hay over it. And for sure, this was important, making sure that you put stakes in the ground and this orange netting that I would use and would had plenty of to give her to put around it so that her two crazy dogs would not go through. And she left out that last step. And so she's going to have to go back in and just redo it all. And so I was thinking about that I was, as I was reading this parable on the, the seed and some falling here, some falling there, and finally getting to the place of where it actually falls in the right place and grows. So I wanted to ask you, Chris, to kind of say more a little bit about just, you know, what is that, what is that place where the soil and the seed being put in a place that is fertile and grows. Like, what is that? Well, it sounded to me like part of what you said is you got to protect it. Like, okay. like, like once it, it it gets into the ground, then it begins to to grow. I mean, mm-hmm. the, you have to almost protect it. And I think that's kind of the essence of this conversation about navigating the noise of life. Um, obviously, you know, Troy and I are not talking about just audible noise, but all the things that come at us in our life, the busyness of our calendar and our family and our jobs and our career and kids school and extracurriculars and hobbies and leisure and vacation. Oh, and then we have technology and email and news and social media and entertainment. Um, All that's the noise that we're talking about. But but I think, um, you know, our heart has to be uh, in the right place in Mm. order to receive that seed that we talked about last week. Mm. And and for me, it's it's almost, um, it's just a mindset to know uh, what's happening to us. We have to almost have a a preventive maintenance plan. And part of what we talked about last time together was, you know, for, for me, I, I want for, for myself, I want for my family, I want for my kids to be healthy emotionally, spiritually, and relationally. That's good. And, and so um, I don't know that I fully answered your question, but but we just have to, we have yeah. to be ready to receive that, that, that seed and have to be protected from the noise. Yeah. That's really good. And I, you know, as you, as we, as you keep going down this Matthew chapter 13 passage, you know, it does explain, you know, in a real simple way, what is the seed that falls on good soil and that it refers to someone who hears the word and understands that uh, through the years of just uh, working in ministry and in churches and in the other places uh, and a lot, a lot around people who are believers, um, sometimes, you know, and I know in my own life, what's really challenged is I'm walking around as if there's no, there's no hope in the sense of specifics that I might need. And I somehow at some point in a moment of wisdom that God gives 
will know that the thing that's missing right now is that I need to attach myself to the Word of God. And so when I go there, open up the written Word, as well as begin to communicate with God through the living Word, which is lives in me, um, there's sometimes this place of just peace that, be, that comes, where I feel that the Word itself has penetrated to this place to produce a goodness and a crop. But I also am caught, what catches my eye also in this verse, verse that it's real simple, that it is the Word of God and needing to hear it. Um, I also talk to a lot of people and know that people have heard the Word of God their whole lives. They've been in church services. They've been to youth camps, perhaps. They've been in conferences. They've been in so many places where they have heard the Word of God. But it's that second one and understanding it. Now, this is where I you know, could get off on a soapbox. I think sometimes we almost don't facilitate a growth for people to understand it. And it comes through almost this unwritten rule inside of churchianity, which says that if you ask a question, if you don't understand something, then something's wrong with you. Yeah, and it feels like understanding is the process of discipleship, right? It should be. That's what I think. I mean, it is <laughs> right. hopefully for me. Yeah. I mean, there are things that I heard at, at, you know, I first started hearing the Word of God really seriously when I was a late teenager, and there are yeah. things that I, I heard there and understood. Right. There are things that I heard then and didn't understand. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and there are things that I hear today and don't understand. And so it's just this process, I think, mm. that we all go through of discipleship Mm. And giving ourselves the space and the time wow. to understand. I'm not always good at that myself. Yeah. Um, um, you know, we can easily hear the scripture, breeze over it, think we know it, but yeah. I don't know that we understand it until we live it. You know, that's so good. And one of the questions that I'll ask people sometimes, and I, I need to ask myself, and I've actually done this recently, and we'll be doing this some this coming week as we continue a theme. Um, but one of the hardest questions I'll ask a person is Do you have any questions? You know, and a lot of times there will be questions that, that are asked, but a lot of times there are no questions. And I think when there are no questions, I think what I've what we're doing is we're not living with the sense of just this awareness that I need to know something. And I think that the more we live with an acceptance and even an encouragement to have questions to God and to other people, it it makes me vulnerable and submissive to something that I might need. And I think this is where understanding at that point is gained. If I'm not asking questions, I'm probably not living with this, I need to understand something. Yeah, and I, the way I would say it is, if I'm not asking questions, am I even really thinking? <laughs> right? And part of the noise of this life right. pushes that out. Oh, absolutely, because there, there are other things that sometimes feel like they take more prominence or precedence in our life because we have to go to work and we have to pay attention to the news or we have to you know vote or what whatever it is mm. there are things that kind of that, that we feel like we have to think about mm. and so sometimes it's easy just mm. to not think about right <laughs> some that's of so, the things wow. of god yeah right? so that's so good and so to the listener right now um, here's a question for you if you could ask a question any question to god right now in your time of life what would that question be? And so go ask that. And then go also and pick up the Word of God and begin looking for something. 
relevant to the question you asked and listen and see what happens. And then you can let us know. <laughs> you can call, you can right. call us. For sure. We'd love to know the answer to that. Yeah, we? so this is good. So Chris, yeah. just also, um, in speaking about navigating just through the noise of this life, um, say, say a few words about and recap of just one of those ways which you know we all probably are attached to in some way unless we live on an island or perhaps up in the mountains. For some, that would be better. Um, about technology. Yeah, I mean, t- technology is something, and we talked a little bit about this last time, is how, how it, it comes at us now, uh, and it's something that we kind of can't get away from uh, because it is so prominent in, in our work life. It's so prominent in our, our communication uh, with family and relatives and friends. I mean, it, it is just kind of everywhere. There's email and text and news and mm. Instagram and entertainment. And so what we have to, I think, do is to sort of um, not let that overwhelm us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and part of it for me when it comes to kind of thinking through navigating technology is we, we just practically have to step away from our devices. Yeah, that's good. Because I don't know that our brains are wired in such a way for us to regulate it mm. if we don't step away from it. That's so good. You know, I know COVID, during COVID, everyone, you know, we were kind of forced into a, a place of quietness. Um, and it drove some of us crazy at times, and then at times it felt very, in a sense, almost like normal, but Peaceful. abnormal. Yeah. But when I think about a word that you're going to be talking about, I mean, there's a purposeful place here um, to do this. And just the ability to go back and have this place of quietness. Um, I think about a generation or two before us, <laughs> Um, and for some listening, it might be several generations more than that, I don't know, but just where people would sit down and, you know, and have conversations, or they would sit and perhaps just listen to a show instead of necessarily watching it or picking up the phone. And there was just this pace of information that came not quite as fast and as in abundance as technology now seems to offer. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I want to speak also to if, if you're a parent, uh, because I think this is incredibly important uh, for us to step away from our devices, both both for our own sanity and, and for us kind of learning how to navigate the noise, but also to model this mm. for our kids. Um, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I have both been mm. and uh, and been really sad about <laughs> families who all sit in a room or at a restaurant or somewhere and everybody's on a device. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's because it's there and it's right. because it's, it's almost just a, a reflex now mm. to grab it. There's an organization called Axis that does a lot of kind of uh, research and, mm. um, and kind of encouragement of churches when it comes to dealing mm. with teenagers. They did a survey and they asked a whole bunch of teenagers the number one thing that they would like to change in their relationship with their parents. And here's what these teenagers said. I wish my parents would spend less time on their phone and talk to me more. Okay, that that's not mm. as a teenager. I need to put the phone down. Yeah, that is. I wish my parents would spend less time on their phone, right, and have more conversations with me, right. And so, when when you ask about kind of technology, I think for our own sanity, for our children's sanity, for our our, our healthy relationships mm. that we want to have, we've got to figure out a way to kind of step away from those devices because our habits and practices very much affect our kids' habits and practices. Mm-hmm. Right, we, we we know that um, we want to be able to facilitate healthy relationships, and um, kind of. I think we have to resist. And again, I'm guilty of this 
mm-hmm. in the car when I'm driving, right? I have to resist the tendency to let any kind of downtime automatically become screen time. That's really good. That's We're good all word. doing that nowadays, right? right? Well, I mean, I plan for my screen time. Yeah. Well, good for you. <laughs> well, I know, but in some ways it's kind of like it is in that moment of yeah. like space where it's quiet and it needs to not be my first go-to. Correct. Because yeah. I think for so many of us it is. It, yeah. it, you know, everything's quiet for 12 seconds. I got to I gotta grab, my, gotta grab my phone. Okay. Got to get on a screen. Right. Got to see something. Got to read something. Right. Got to, what's going on over here? Mm-hmm. Who's doing that? What's my day look like tomorrow? <laughs> you know, it's so, and it's interesting. We, I won't camp out on this topic, but in a few weeks, we'll be talking about um, a big topic that is technology related, and that is pornography. But when you look at just the baseline of addiction and specifically to that topic, but also just technology, what actually happens to the brain is actually the chemical releases in the brain to new information is what feeds an addictive lifestyle when it comes to technology. Wow. Yeah, so so it's it's like while we're getting why can't I put the phone down is because that chemical uh, altering of the brain chemistry from looking at something new one thing after the other has actually releasing substances into your brain that's making you addicted to that technology. Wow. Yeah, so it's just fascinating. So we're um, going to continue to talk about navigating through the noise of uh, of life and specifically technology right now, but we're glad you joined us, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Don't you just love the word renew? It offers a chance to take a look back while holding new possibilities in hand. It's a word that offers healing, but without the bonds of despair, and it seems to point us in a new direction while giving promise to move forward. This is Kim Peverall with a voice of hope. This ministry has been created to bring encouragement in a relevant, easy conversation. Through insights offered from Troy, Chris, and their guest, it's our desire that you'll become a voice of hope in your walks through life and into your community. Let's change the narrative of the last year and make a plan to choose positive perspective and embrace hope. Practice peace and fight your tendency to become anxious. Instead, pray. Pay attention to new ways to encourage others. Simple steps like these will affect change in your own life and spill over into your community. We invite you to find more resources for hopeful living at agape-counseling.org and equipandencourage.com. Hey, thanks for listening. We are honored to share this journey together. So welcome back to A Voice of Hope. And we are glad you're still with us here. And we're going to continue talking about navigating through the noise of life. And Chris, a word that I was thinking about earlier uh, that has purpose to it. Um, religious communities would know it as a sa- the Sabbath or a Sabbath. So talk a little bit about what a Sabbath is and just the biblical concept of it and how is that related to what we're talking about? Yeah, like one of the ways I look at it, it it's kind of a, um, a way of remembering and expressing the truth that God is our creator, mm. that he's our deliverer, that he's our sustainer, that we're dependent on him. And so it's you know an, an option or an opportunity just to sort of take some time to rest uh, in God and who He is, not just just rest and you know, take a break, but it's to rest in God. Those are kind of a couple of different things, you know, 
Psalm 4610 says, be still and know that I'm God. And I know in a couple of opportunities where I've had a chance to talk to, to people or parents about this, I have literally put one minute on the clock Wow! and just said, okay, we're like, we're just going to be still and know that he has God for one minute, everybody. I bet that for, I bet it seems like it's a long time. It seems like an eternity. <laughs> it does. And that's kind of the point mm. is, is, you know, we need to be conditioned to take that rest in that Sabbath, to get away from the noise. And, um, and it's so fascinating to watch people sort of start squirming at the 42nd. <laughs> that's <laughs> and, so good. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we, we got to do more than just find downtime. Uh, we don't just want to sleep late and stay in our pajamas and drink coffee and watch Netflix. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah. Do you have a real time of Sabbath in your life where you rest, reflect, recharge, and you do it regularly? That's so good. I, you know, a few years ago when I was, uh, really focusing on a few things in life, and I've mentioned this on a few episodes back, um, my prayer life changed and in the, one of the things in that in my prayer life that changed was this thought, this concept you were talking about a minute ago of when you take one minute, and I would lose myself literally in my prayer, um, and so much was going on in my prayer time talking with God that I would I would feel like it was almost like if I had to step up and write a um, all that I felt from it, it would it would be a dissertation. <laughs> but then I would look at the clock and go. Wow, that was only just a few minutes. Yeah, right. But I was so blessed with just knowing that that time with God like that is so rich that it it has that deep of a meaning that it feels like you've been doing this for a while and you really haven't necessarily. Yeah, yeah it, it, that time can go by quickly. And I know that there are some people out here who you may say, "Look, that's just not realistic in my life. I got a lot of demands. Uh, you know, things that I'm a part of. They're all good things." But I, I don't have any time for that. I don't have time to, to set aside even you know, 20, 30 minutes a day uh, or 20, 30 minutes a week. I don't know to have Sabbath. And I, I would gently ask you, uh, if that's how you are currently seeing your life, I, I wonder if you need to maybe reevaluate that. Because the version of you, think about this, the version of you that a non-Sabbath life produces is not the version of you that God intends. And if you're a parent, it's not the version of you that your kids need. That's really, really good. Right. The version of you that a non-Sabbath life produces is not the version of you that God intends. And your kids need. Oh, and your kids need to see you model it. Yeah. And I'm speaking to myself here. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we need to lead them into it as well, because I think so often in the, the just the keeping up with the Joneses or the Millers or whoever you want to keep up with, uh, the rat race of life, all those cliches, we feel like we can't do this. Right. And I think we have to. That's so, so, so good. I mean, you know, even if our, even if somebody's listening and they're not necessarily um, a believer or still investigating, you know, what it is that they, they do believe or in investigating even the Christian faith, just the principle of stepping back and allowing there to be at least quietness and space in your life and then asking the question, God, if you're real, you know, speak to me in some way. And ask him for something. Again, questions, so important. And let that begin to be something that you actually have in your life regularly. Um, you're, you're in those moments praying, and you're in those moments practicing a Sabbath principle to at least address and hear, and you're resting. And I think the, you know, not resting, as you said here just a minute ago, um, you know, if our identity is somewhat going to be attached to knowing a real God who made us, then that has to be in the context of 
not striving and angst that's taking us necessarily to God, which he accepts. But it's got to be at some point saying, God, here I am, which is a place of resting, a place of presenting yourself purposely for God to do something in those moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, too, you know, one of the kind of practical things that that we have to do if we're really going to step into this and, and we're really going to navigate away from uh, too much noise is we have to be okay with saying no to some things. That's good. So that we can say yes to some other things. And, and particularly say yes to our relationship with God. Yeah. Say yes to our, our family and yeah. kind of the people that are closest to us. I mean, mm. you can't do everything. You can't be everywhere. You can't help everybody. You can't, you know, be on every board. You can't coach every team. You can't always be on the PTA. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the the books that I'd read years and years ago uh, was a, a small little book by Andy Stanley called Choosing to Cheat. Yeah. And it, the concept basically is every time you make a decision to do something, mm. you're cheating somebody else. Yeah. And, and it's really choose wisely right. who and what you want to cheat. Yeah. And so oftentimes I will choose to cheat my Sabbath time. I'll choose to cheat my time with God. I'll choose to cheat my time with my family. And typically it's for, you know, quote unquote, noble purposes. Good, right, right? You know, reasons, I'm gonna, right. I got to work hard. I got to be, you know, stay late. I got to get this thing done. I got to make sure I'm doing this. But, but the question is, hmm. um, how can we put ourselves in uh, better situations to build our relationship with God and to build our relationship with our family. And you know, so much of what you're saying, I think, is found inside of that purposeful time of Sabbath with God. Because we uh, the clarity of thinking as you're talking, it's it's. I don't find it so much in the busyness of yeah, life. Yeah, we rarely think clearly no. when there's a lot of noise. You think in the places of where you step aside, and I think this is referring to the Sabbath. Like, to hear from God, you know, and think about it was... In the Old Testament, we're told to do it one day a week, but it doesn't have to just be that one day a week, you know, that we can have this kind of relationship where we enter into His rest, where we get to hear with God and hear from well, God. Well, I think what's interesting is e- even in the, the way that our Christian culture has set up our participation in Sabbath now mm-hmm. looks like this. Get up on a Sunday morning, have breakfast, get everybody's teeth brushed, make sure everybody puts on the right clothes, Get to the building, do church, <laughs> do church. Fi- and you finally settle in on your seat when you get your kids into the children's ministry, and you you know you got an hour, and then you got to get back in the car, and then oh, we got to go to lunch, and then like it's it's it it should be Sabbath and reflective, right. and of course it's refreshing. And well, lot, I mean, in some church, ways, right? as you're talking, I'm going after all that, I might need a rest. I need a nap, right? <laughs> right. And, and, and so and I'm not 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 knocking that because that's what I do for a living. Sure. sure. Right? I mean, right. What rest? No, well, no, 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 church life. Like okay. that's, that is my uh, whole career, right? <laughs> that's right. I get it. I mean, it's it's valuable. It's important. Mm. I don't know that it always fills what we're talking about. No, no. Because in some ways it's yeah. more noise. That's right. I think we can have a Sabbath of some kind every day if we'll be purposeful. Yes, I agree. I know um, a great an author that I read uh, quite a bit of, uh, John Eldridge, talked, he came out with an app this past year called The, the One Minute Pause. And it was, it's so simple. Um, just download the app from your uh, the Play Store or the uh, Apple Store. And it's just this specific place where you... You, you, you have a small breathing exercise as well as a prayer that's going on and music in the background for one minute. Like you said, that one yeah. minute. And it's like just stepping aside and learning to do these. And I think your pastor, I believe he even talks about something he might call uh, surrender, surrender intervals. Surrender intervals, yeah, correct. Yeah. And just this purposeful place that we don't have to wait till Sunday to have a Sabbath, to have that time where 
we're intentionally resting. So this is good. Yeah, I got one more thing I want to say because I always have this lens, A, because I live in this world and I'm trying to figure it out myself because I'm no expert, and B, because I know how critical I think it is for those of us who are parents. Like I look at so many things through kind of the parenting lens. But when it comes to kind of navigating the noise, please, parents, be aware of what your kids are experiencing. That's really good. Be aware of what your kids are experiencing when it comes to how your calendar is impacting them. And and you may like you may ask your kid, hey, do you like playing baseball every day a week? And they're gonna say, Yeah, sure I do. Mm. I know way too many high school kids who played baseball every day a week when they were 10 and they hate baseball now. That's so good. Right. And so so they may in the moment, your kids may say, Yes, this is great, but please be aware of the mm. the kind of the the pressure, the performance. Uh, baggage, if you will, that you're putting on your kids in the midst of what they're experiencing in the calendaring part of life and in the technological side of life. Be aware when your your 10-year-old has access to a news app mm. on their phone, right? Because yeah. when I was 10 years old, I did not have the capacity to process, you know, what's happening in yeah. India mm. <laughs> with, right. with you know, the, the massive deaths around COVID. I, I didn't know how to process that. These kids are seeing it. Right. And so you have to be aware of what your kids are seeing and, and help them learn how to process that. You know, that's so good. I, and I'm glad you said this because when we started talking about this topic uh, for today and last week, um, I was thinking about protecting, you know, our children and providing for them and, you know, the, the role of a parent in doing that. But today as we've talked, you know, as you're talking right now, I'm thinking about there is this protection that we can give to our own lives but also give to our kids to help build into their life an ability to navigate through the noise of their life at a young age because that's going to carry over and so, so important. So, Chris, thank you so much for this the topic that you brought uh, today again. And we are glad that all of us uh, are able to just be here and all those that have joined us. So I uh, look forward to seeing you next week as we continue on. And while you're out there, be a voice of hope.